0: Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring storm when I get gone I get gone hey. and I don't need anyone to know
1: better Hello there. It's Min. And it's Castle. And we have a lot of thoughts right now because this week has been tumultuous. Uh, It's been really frustrating, discouraging. Um, There have been some moments that I think have really taken the weather world by storm and maybe not in a good way. So castle and i have a lot of thoughts and we want to share with you a lot of I- our uh, thoughts and ideas and, and what we've been thinking over the last few days and trying to capture a lot of what you guys have said too so buckle up it's gonna be a fun ride where we're gonna talk about lots of good things
0: go is that where we're putting in the oh we're not putting oh in we're the just music? no we're just going straight okay in. i figured it's easier um and i think it comes at a great not at a great time but it's it's optimal for us to discuss it because min is actually here uh helping out with Hurricane Dorian. So we're actually in the same town, recording in the same microphone, in the same room, um, which is pretty great. And that doesn't always happen very often. So <laughs> it provides us a great time to actually kind of focus our frustrations and be able to articulate them in kind of this
1: straightforward manner about some of the things that are really irking us about this whole situation. So not to beat around the bush, but obviously we're talking about Gate. We're talking about President Trump's Um, insistence that the storm was going to hit Alabama, that Hurricane Dorian was going to hit Alabama, and it really never was, and I think the issue that we have is just the deceit, the blatant lying about this whole issue, and and that's kind of problematic. So, to take you guys to the very beginning, we have a video from the White House, and I'm about to play right now, hold on, Um, where President Trump is uh, actually before that, on September 1st, he tweeted and let me try to read the tweet. Okay. September 1st at 1051 in the morning. Quote, in addition to Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama will most likely be hit much harder than anticipated, looking like one of the largest hurricanes ever. Already category five. Be careful. God bless everyone. So he tweeted out something and the statement said that Alabama was going to be impacted. So that was in the interesting part because... Soon after, about 15 minutes after, the National Weather Service office in Birmingham tweeted and said, Alabama will not see any impacts from Dorian. We repeat, no impacts from Hurricane Dorian will be felt across Alabama. The system will remain too far east. So <laughs> it's funny. And, and just to get let you guys know, too, the National Weather Service office in Birmingham wasn't actually directly responding to President Trump's tweet. They were getting hundreds of phone calls into their office People were worried about being hit by the hurricane because they saw what Trump had said, but they weren't directly responding to his tweet. So then we were like, okay, interesting. That's you know kind of fun to watch it all play out. But then things started getting a lot more interesting. So three days later, September 4th, President Trump at the White House released a video of President Trump giving a briefing about the storm on, again, September the 4th. Let's listen to it real quick. The hurricane,
0: we got lucky in Florida, very, very lucky indeed. Uh, We had actually, our original
1: chart was that it was going to be hitting Florida directly. Maybe I could just see that, Kevin. Uh, It was going to be hitting directly, and that would have affected a lot of other states. Uh, But that was the original uh, chart, and you see it was going to hit uh, not only Florida, but Georgia. It could have, uh, was going toward the Gulf. That was what we what was originally projected, and it took a right turn, and ultimately, hopefully we're going to be lucky, it depends on what happens with South Carolina and North Carolina, but it's heading up the coast, and Florida was uh, grazed, uh, mostly wind, and we're going to have a report on that. Anyway, so (laughs) that's the infamous Sharpie Gate photo, right, Castle? Yeah, so we
0: didn't actually get to see the Sharpie being uh, drawn on, but we have it from great sources like the New York Times and the Washington Post that it was actually done prior to that briefing that we saw. And I think kind of the thing that jumps out to me and hearing that audio for the first time, I've seen it before, but I haven't really thought about it a lot, is the term, the repeated use of the term chart chart um, I think is really interesting. And if you haven't seen this video, he's, uh, Donald Trump is showing a repeated different blown up versions of the cone of uncertainty. Um, and seeing him talk about these charts, um, in this way, it just kind of shows his inability to be able to portray this type of information in a, in a, in a, credible way i guess and just thinking about like why is he the one that's doing this and why is he the one that's holding this press conference and my recollection this has never been something a president does they do
1: they do they do yeah i've just never so here's the thing so when a president or a high elected official who has a lot of um you know a Well, I don't know. Anyway, when they're presenting on the information or they're giving an update, President Trump's done it, President Obama's done it, other presidents have done it. They're briefed by a meteorologist or someone who knows what's happening in the weather world with the hurricane in the forecast. They're briefed by them or should be briefed by them. And the charts, these charts, right, these forecasts, the um, different images, because essentially the reason why they print out these charts is to provide a visual in the background for the press to take pictures of. So it it makes a nice visual for President Trump to be looking at the uh, National Hurricane Center official forecasts, and um, it just looks good. But anyway, besides the point of of being a good visual, you know, President Trump should have been briefed on this storm, and he should know better. Whether or not he's briefed doesn't mean he'll go off subject or go on a tangent that isn't related to what he was briefed on. But the issue that I have, in addition to the Sharpie cone, the cone takes the storm through Florida, you know, close to Georgia, and then the cone kind of stops before it really gets to Alabama. But that black sharpie mark that like, extends the cone in a very ugly way, like not even like the whole cone. It's just like a little like piece, like a little like, I don't know, a little weird like piece of it kind of goes out. It's really interesting. Um, goes into Alabama to kind of prove his point that he had tweeted earlier that week. That that's like part of the problem. The other problem, obviously, is the fact that this forecast is from August the 29th, not even September the 4th. That's like a good six days, five and a half days, both like earlier on, rather than showing a quote unquote chart of the forecast on September the 4th, which clearly showed that it was going to move parallel to the eastern seaboard up through, you know, past Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. He chose to or someone chose to to have a, a graphic of the storm from f- five and a half, six days ago, that's an issue. And that isn't an accurate description. If you're going to describe the storm, or you're going to give a pre- uh, press briefing about the storm. You wouldn't use a chart or a graphic from five days ago. That doesn't make any sense. And so this insinuation that the storm was still going to hit Alabama, um, to the to people who are watching, are probably still really confused because they can't see the timestamp on that Um, graphic they don't know it's just a poster in the background they're relying on president trump to give good information and as we know that's not true and never never really happens um and so that's oh man i'm just just i can't even think very clearly right now because a am super tired from working but also um it's just mind-boggling to me and i think subsequent tweets that he sent out using weather products just made all of our brains just hurt even more he used a spaghetti plot on September 4th in the evening showing uh, different model runs that were for August the 29th as well, I believe. Let me look. Is it for August the 29th? No, these, mo- these spaghetti models are for August 28th. So, even worse. Yeah, nice. So, there's obviously, you know, they're showing a bunch of different uh, ensemble model runs and. The storm uh, is, most of the models are still showing it's going to hit Florida. But there are, you know, more lines that do go towards Alabama. Um, but most of them are are still going, taking the storm parallel to the, the coast. But the way he's looking at it and reading it is, oh, well, these storms, there must be more lines that are going towards Alabama. So I that shows that I'm even more right. But again, someone who doesn't really understand this type of graphic is trying to interpret it and use it to, bolstered their argument that Alabama was going to be hit. And I think that was really what really just irked us all, because you're using the, the map incorrectly. It's not in forecasts. Then he tweets out another graphic on September the 5th in the afternoon showing the earliest reasonable arrival times of Tropical Storm Force winds. So this graphic is from August the 29th. Again, even though it's September the 5th at this point. And the graphic shows that there is a potential... For tropical storm force winds to reach Alabama, southern parts of Alabama, by Monday um, at 8 a.m. But that 5% chance of tropical storm force winds is a far cry from what he was calling major impacts from a major, big, big storm. And you don't use the earliest reasonable arrival time of tropical storm force winds as a forecast. It's an emergency management tool for helping people understand when they should maybe evacuate or look at you know functional medical needs and getting people out safely and how much time they have before they have to start looking at those things you don't look at it and say okay that's definitely showing that the hurricane's going to hit alabama if anything it points away from that It makes it look like alabama is even less impacted or the potential is less but again this graphic is from like six days before he tweeted it so yeah anyway castle
0: thoughts <laughs> Well, I just think, I think you, you clearly sum that up really well. And I think the problem that I have are more kind of large scale, which is, uh, thinking about the, the way that our science is being used as a tool to save face for him and how he's grasping at straws and using products and maps and tools and things that we use and using them from five days prior, um, in order to prove a point. I think that's part of the biggest problem that I have. I think it really calls into question the state of our science and whether meteorologists are as good as they are. Um, But not only that, I think it really highlights a weather communication challenge in real life. It provides a really great example of some of the challenges we have in communicating weather information, especially if our president is having trouble with it, which we don't necessarily know if he's having trouble with it or if he's actually just using these previous examples to prove his point and to bolster his ego. Um, But if we want to think about this from like a weather communication standpoint we can also think about how an individual might have challenges challenges understanding probabilities or understanding the the hurricane cone or what that means or what the early onset of tropical storm force winds mean like all of these things are being put into question in real time by an authoritative figure in our government um so i think that those are all great things and examples for us to consider as we're moving forward. I think the other thing that is really highlighted from this incredible, crazy stunt is one of the kind of challenges that we face in weather communication, which is the constant updating of information and how important that is to an evolving forecast like a hurricane or any type of extreme weather event and so when we have these really small changes that happen over time it's so important for people for partners for everyone that is using weather information to constantly receive updates and make adjustments to their decisions accordingly but when we have some of these outdated graphics or things that are constantly circulating around on social media we run into challenges of people kind of misinterpreting things. And so that's why the weather community at large has been really doing a really great job of trying to promote putting large timestamps on these graphics on different types of weather forecast information, so that we can kind of reduce some of those inconsistencies down. And so I think that this in itself provides another example of that challenge that we're still constantly trying to overcome um and while i kind of feel as though trump was using these maps as a means to prove his point in versus them just being kind of inconsistent to him um i think it provides a great platform for us to continue to talk about those and to highlight that they will still be a challenge and that we need to continue to work towards overcoming those.
1: Yeah, no, I think those are great points, Castle, because we know that these products that we use aren't 100%, you know, understandable to every single person. And that makes sense, right? But I think, again, the use of them for this political spectacle is really shameful and and frustrating. And Um, You know, furthering the timeline of this whole debacle, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, released a statement on September the 6th, a couple of days ago. And the statement reads, quote, from Wednesday, August 28th through Monday, September the 2nd, the information provided by NOAA and the National Hurricane Center to President Trump and the wider public demonstrated that the tropical storm force winds from Hurricane Dorian could impact Alabama. This is clearly demonstrated in hurricane advisories number 15 through 41, which can be viewed at the following link. The Birmingham National Weather Service office, or uh, excuse me, the Birmingham National Weather Service's Sunday morning tweet spoke in absolute terms that were inconsistent with probabilities from the best forecast products available at the time. Unquote. Okay. Literally, (laughs) there was a 5% chance of tropical storm force winds During that time period. Like that's not a very high chance at all. Second of all, this statement reads like someone politically not in NOAA just like wrote it and then gave it to NOAA and said, hey, look at this. But we want you to share this as your own statement, not a statement that would come from a scientific agency that would explain further more information. It was a very like simple Trump was right. National Weather Service Birmingham office was wrong for tweeting that boo it it says you know this is clearly demonstrated in hurricane advisory is number 15 through 41 that you know alabama was under the threat of tropical storm force winds did it clearly show that no it showed that there was literally not that big of a chance it would have happened anyway so the wording just you take apart little words here and there the word choice diction in this statement and it reads super political as if they're trying to make the statement that yes you know, National Weather Service was wrong. The president and all his tweets and everything else were right. And then it rebukes the Birmingham office and says they spoke in absolute terms and isn't consistent with what are, with, uh, the best products available at the time. Okay, we're all meteorologists here. We know how to look at a National Hurricane Center products, and we know how to interpret them and communicate that to the public. Um and to throw them under the bus like that, that's the term that everyone is using, throwing the Birmingham office completely under the bus, crushing them, um, and just acting like that's okay. You're not even standing by, your meteorologists, you're a scientist in the own agency, your own agency. You're going off the cuff and, and releasing a statement, and it's not even, they don't even say who the spokesperson is, it's like, it's anonymous, somebody with a NOAA, you know, release this statement and they're not even going to be a, uh, available for comment on it. They just released a statement on a Friday afternoon and it's like boom, there you go, done. And just from a communication standpoint, that is not acceptable. And you did that on a Friday. You know you know very full well that if you do it on a Friday, like that's just not cool. Cause no one's that's like the worst time to release it's a like statement. At four o'clock too. Yeah. Like in the afternoon on a Friday. Y'all tripping. Anyway, Go ahead, Castle. <laughs> I think another
0: thing that kind of jumped out to me as shocking is uh, kind of taking a few steps back and going back to the Sharpie Gate video is that there were not any NOAA or National Weather Service representatives to comment on the the forecast that Donald Trump presented after the fact. So they waited, I guess it was a day before they
1: issued their statement. Well, who was in the room with... Who was in the White House with him?
0: I'm not sure, but I do... I was actually in Silver Spring near headquarters um, for a workshop. And that was kind of the talk amongst the the group was that there was kind of shock shock that there wasn't a um, representative or like someone there to kind of to comment on the video and the, pre- the press briefing that just took place. Um, So I think that was one of the things that kind of erupted from that conversation. But when going back to the statement that men just read and correct me if I'm wrong in the Birmingham tweet, it said Alabama is, will not see any impacts. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I think I've had a lot of time to process this and I think it's more of a logic game. So it seems like, people sat around and they're like, what can we say that both that kind of proves Trump was right? Let's not contradict Trump, but also what can we do? That's not so terrible on Birmingham, NWS Birmingham. And so when you think about, and you read the statement, it almost reads as like a logic argument. It's like, oh, well they said there wouldn't be any impacts at all. And so therefore, they are incorrect when, in reality, there was a very small chance of impacts.
1: So technically, technically, on technicality, it's correct. Mm, yeah,
0: because NWS Birmingham said there is no, we will not see any impacts from Dorian. So in my mind, that's like a zero percent chance, right? And yeah, so that's fair when you listen or when you see the NOAA statement it's like well there was a five percent chance so they're obviously wrong making trump right which i'm not saying this is incorrect i'm just saying that's sure. that's kind of the logic argument i'm seeing is like they're just sitting around a room. They're like, Oh wait, I know a way that we can yeah. <laughs> yeah, get yeah, out of this. Yeah. It's like, they said there's no chance whatsoever when in reality, there was a very small chance. So that still proves our argument. Correct.
1: Sure. And I think if, if I were going to, if I were running the Birmingham account, Twitter, I may not have said there would be no impacts at all. Kind of thing. I would have said maybe there will not be any major impacts, you know, yeah. or this, you know, and they did say the storm will stay very far to the East, but um, you know, they might be a little bit breezier or something. Who knows? Um, and at that time, we certainly, I don't think, knew for sure the storm wouldn't impact, like, a couple of rain showers or something. But that would be the only change. But that is not a criticism of Birmingham at all. Uh, just because we we have to go through this whole technicality thing, it's frustrating. But you're right. They could easily say that and say, well, you said no impacts at all, so we are going to say that there was a small chance. So we're right and you're wrong. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's child's play. Yeah. It's like, Things that kids do. Anyway, so going back to the Noah statement. Ooh, y'all weather tweeters, people on weather Twitter, y'all were out there and you were defending Birmingham and calling Noah out. And it was, I don't think I've seen weather Twitter anyway really rally that hard around anything since before when we had the shutdown and there were statements about the National Weather Service not doing their job well and the private sector taking over and they'd be better. I don't think I've seen Weather Twitter rally that hard before. Um, and it was really great to see us all come together. So I want to read a, a few tweets here. So James Spann, the famed James Spann from Alabama. He's probably only second to Nick Saban as the most popular guy in Alabama. Um, he tweeted... The tweet from National Weather Service Birmingham was spot on and accurate. If they are coming after them, they might as well come after me. How in the world has it come to this? True. And then Rebecca Moulton, she wrote, Friends, I know you're angry. You have every right. Focus on the great work that you know you did. We all know. We're all on your side. Don't get lost in the smoke from this nonsense or waver for a moment in your belief in what you do in, in the mission. Remember what is true. There were varying opinions that were posted. Most of them saying, you know, I can't believe this would happen. Um, you know, this is terrible. We stand with National Weather Service of Birmingham. I know I tweeted about it a little bit, too. Um, but there was just there was so many opinions out there. And most of them were were in support of the Weather Service and of meteorologists in general. And I think that was really nice to see. And Rebecca kind of bringing it all together and saying, you know, this is all smoke and mirrors, Don't focus on that. You know, we did a great job. We saved lives through our forecasting, through all the hard work we did. You know, everyone did a great job. And that's what we have to really focus on. And in talking to some folks that I know in the Weather Service and at the National Hurricane Center, they kind of echo the same sentiment that, you know, this is really frustrating. And, you know, yes, this is terrible that this happened, but we have to remember that we shouldn't let this distract us from our mission. But this is where it gets interesting, and and I agree with their statements, but I do feel that it's important to speak out and call it out like it is. Um, Because if you don't call it out and we're just going to get used to this like way of going about meteorology and forecasting and letting people attack us without any any kind of consequence at all isn't fair because it's going to do a number on weather communication. People are going to ask us, well, you know, they already don't trust meteorologists. Is it going to get worse? Is this problem going to um, evolve and get worse for us? Because, you know, we already have a trust issue sometimes, especially in hurricane season, even, you know, other situations as well. But will it get worse from this incident, from this debacle, you know? Yeah, I think uh, it it was really hard
0: for a lot of people to wrap their minds around everything that happened and the things that continue to kind of unravel as the days progressed. Um, I don't know if it's too soon to roll into the new stuff that came out recently about the internal Noah statements. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, um, well, let me read really quickly yeah. some of the other statements. So, you know, there were... There was a former National Weather Service director, Joe Friday, and he said, you know, the NHC and the weather forecast offices are to be commended for the accuracy of the warnings and the forecasts. And um, he was saying, at the time of our glorious leader's tweet, the chances of significant impact to the state of Alabama was essentially zero. The recent communications by a NOAA spokesman, which tried to rewrite history, is deplorable. Chastising WFO Birmingham um, was unconscionable. Unconscionable. NOAA is a great agency with an important mission for the nation. The rewriting of history to satisfy an ego diminishes NOAA. There are some very strong statements mm-hmm. by former leaders of of NOAA, the National Weather Service. You know, um, I even saw a tweet from a, a previous M.I.C. A meteorologist in charge. Um, from, I think, New Jersey, and he said, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to reach out to the NOAA Communications Office. Tell them how we feel. They posted a phone number, posted an email address, I think, and said, contact them, blow up their phones, let them know how we feel. And I saw people say, well, wh- what good is that going to do? Um, and I saw that kind of d- discussion and debate, and I think that was really interesting. Um, because, Castle, I think you were saying that you saw a social media post about um, at the National Weather Association meeting, which is actually going on right now in Alabama, in Alabama, in Huntsville, at that um, kind of near Birmingham, there was a call for people to walk out on NOAA as they were presenting. So, do you have some thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, this kind of hit me a bit hard because as we, as I was discussing with men, I feel like this happens sometimes in our community where a higher up or some individual in a leadership role makes a certain decision that requires or that ends up having some sort of negative outcome. And sometimes we kind of result in these ways of boycotting different ideas or different ways that that organization does things. Um, So in this instance, going to NWA, I saw some rumblings on social media that we, there's going to be a NWS or NOAA only session and that people shouldn't go to it or that they should walk out in the middle of it. Um, But my response to that is those individuals that are there presenting are the ones that are doing hard work, They're the ones that are trying to save lives and property. They're the ones that are doing amazing things in order to make the organization successful. And I don't think we should blame, put the blame on those individuals because at the end of the day, they never saw any of this information. They never were the ones that signed off on the statement that Noah put out. They were the ones that were there doing the research. They were doing the forecast. They were staying up all night doing midnight shifts in order to keep people safe so we need to support them we need to support them by going to the sessions but but by doing more than that by continuing to support them on twitter and social media if you see a meteorologist in person like thank them for what they're doing Um, i just think we cannot shove all of this blame on
1: anyone that works in the NOAA bubble so when when this person has suggested that we wa- they walk out on NOAA at the uh, National Weather Association conference, who are they like referring to? Because you're, you're right, there are National Weather Service employees who are probably going to be at the NWA meeting. They weren't suggesting walking out on them. Who are they suggesting walking out on? It was more. It felt like more of a walkout because it, it
0: the way that I read it, there's going to be a specific session at the National Weather Association meeting that involves NOAA. So it's like an all uh, an entire session involving NOAA and NWS employees. And so from from my uh, standpoint, they were like, oh, we should just not go to that session or we should get out, get up and walk out on that session. But just like I said, those individuals, they're not going to be leaders of NOAA. They're going to be people that work for NOAA that have like put in their blood, sweat and tears in order to keep people safe or do research that tries to improve the products and things that NOAA does. Um, So I don't think that we can justifiably like say, oh, we're going to walk out on them or we're not going to pay attention to them or we're going to ignore them at the conference or not speak to them. Because at the end of the day, that's not accomplishing anything, if anything, that's shutting down the conversation and making this more likely to happen in the future. Sure.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point because you're, if you were to walk out on them or do something of that sort, it would just be a statement. But what good is a statement if there's no action or anything that really um, comes about from that statement? That statement, if anything, will just polarize us even further. So perhaps, you know talking with people getting a better understanding of the situation you know and you know castle there was a recent article that came out either today or yesterday that talked about noah and internal memos that went around about telling staff that they can't speak about this you know event or the cone, the Sharpie gate or anything, and they have to direct everything to NOAA's internal communication office or something like that. Can you clarify or talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, So it seems
0: like there were two internal memos or what the Washington Post is calling directives um, to NWS and NOAA employees. The first one was on September 1st after Trump tweeted out the Alabama tweet and then NWS Birmingham kind of responded to that. And basically, the memo said that individuals were not to uh, talk about that. They were just supposed to talk about the current forecast. So basically, ignore everything that's coming to you and just talk about what's relevant. Um, I think this was trying to be a sort of tactic to get this story back on schedule about like what is actually happening um, so that we're not kind of diverting too much with this whole Alabama stuff. Um, But then another internal memo or directive went out on September 4th and they it was after the press conference went out and they were, again, not supposed to contradict Trump. And I don't think that they use the words you're not supposed to contradict Trump. But in essence, that's what the internal memo was trying
1: to get at. Okay, so thoughts on this as well, because obviously (laughs) we have lots of thoughts. So it's funny, again, that. All of this seems to be a product of tweets. That President Trump tweeted that Alabama would be majorly impacted, and the National Weather Service Birmingham tweeted that Alabama wouldn't have any impacts at all. I have to remind you all that the tweet from Birmingham was never a direct response to President Trump, but it was perceived to be. So everything we're seeing after that moment is about this response from Birmingham that contradicted President Trump. But they were just responding to their constituents who were calling them and asking, hey, is Alabama going to get hit? Because I heard the president say that. But then you look at the pattern of it, the NOAA statement, like specifically called out the the Birmingham office. And, and it didn't say anything else. It was just like, oh, the Birmingham office was wrong. But it didn't say, you know, President Trump was right. It, it didn't have to even put Birmingham in the statement, but it chose to because this seemed to have been the biggest point of contradiction that Trump had a face and they had to address that but to me it's like it uh, it doesn't make any sense because you're again they were never directly referring to them they were only focusing on the people who were calling into their office or emailing them or communicating to them that they were afraid that the storm would hit and I remember somebody even tweeting out a meteorologist somewhere in Alabama said they tried to explain to somebody that the hurricane wasn't going to hit them and the person said I don't believe you I don't believe you that the hurricane won't hit and that's the kind of scary thing that I think about when I wonder who's communicating the information, who's more trustworthy, and is a person that should be trusted not being trusted. Like a meteorologist who's telling you, based on their knowledge, understanding of the atmosphere of, of forecasting of, of hurricanes, shouldn't they be trusted over someone who is just, you know, just the president of the country who doesn't have expertise in this field? That's the problem I have. Just because you have a louder voice doesn't mean that you are the most trusted. You should trust people who do this day in and day out, every single day. Those are the people who you should trust. Not just because you speak the loudest or you know tweet the fastest. So if that's the case, then why
0: does the president get to brief people on weather anyway? So why why wouldn't it be... The NOAA acting director, or why wouldn't it be the director of the National Hurricane Center? I'm sure they do briefings, but they don't get the press spectacle, I guess, that Trump does. So why is it kind of a uh, uh, like a, what is it, playing telephone, where... He has to be briefed by two individuals and then he briefs someone else. So like, why don't we cut the middleman?
1: Because it's all about optics. It's all about what it looks like. If President Trump briefs on the storm, it shows that he cares. It shows that he's engaged on this issue and knows what's going on. With any other president we've had, they wouldn't have screwed it up like this. They wouldn't have drawn a Sharpie cone on the graphic. Like This wouldn't have happened. This only happened because we have this person in the office and they are unable to take information that they're briefed on and stick to that and communicate that. And the biggest thing to me is like the lack of really any focus or attention on people impacted by the storm, actual people impacted by the storm, people in North Carolina, even South Carolina, parts of maybe Georgia and Florida, not as much, but still there are people that are impacted by the storm through power outages, flooding, storm surge, homes destroyed, Communities ravaged, you know. Why is there no I I know that we're we might sound contradictory because we're talking about this the whole time and not the storm, but I want to remind you that there there were people that were that were hurt, that were impacted by the storm. And there's like no attention to that really. Everyone's still talking about this political circus. Mm-hmm. And as an administration, like we're we're a weather podcast, we can do whatever the heck we want. I don't really care. But as an administration, shouldn't you focus on the people who are impacted shouldn't you make sure that they are the ones that are being attended to not your own ego not your own opinions that's one of the biggest issues i have with this whole entire thing is like we're taking the attention away from what it deserves to be um on and we're making it about us and by we i mean the president and the administration and the media for covering this too they're they are covering this a lot um You know, and I think it's one of those things. It's just become so political and I wish it hasn't or hadn't been or isn't. But that's just the modern reality that we live in today. And that's why we want to talk about this, because there are so many repercussions to the activities and actions that went on this week.
0: I I think a lot of these things have happened before, but in this personal instance, it means a lot to us, which is why we're kind of feeling most affected by it. Um, But it's making me think a lot about how Trump views power. Um, And in his mind, it seems as though sticking to his gun, no matter what happens, kind of fabricating evidence in order to make sure that his point ends up being correct is the way that he advertises or garners his power. When I think there can also be power in being vulnerable and saying that, you know what? I messed up and here's why. Um, But, if you, It's starting to become a relevant and a repetitive theme throughout his administration is that when he needs power or the way that he ob- obtains power is through always being right or correct. And I, th- I think that may be at the heart of some of the challenges that America is going through is it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to explain why you're wrong and to go back on what you said and really provide correct evidence and i think that's also something that science can do and i think that's why it's it's kind of really cool to see this uh or come to this realization for myself is that science itself is not about being right it's about using the dev- the evidence and coming to some sort of conclusion and so even if it is nothing as what you expected in the beginning it may be something that you have to backtrack and be like, well, you know what, my hypothesis was completely wrong, but the data is showing me X, Y, Z, so that must be the right answer. And even then, that might not be the right answer, um, right being in quotes, but you would do more experiments or more research in order to f- to get closer to that idea. Um, so I think that's really just kind of reflecting on this whole event itself is, is just he gets his power from being correct and his ego really takes advantage of everything. And so if we can just start breaking that down and understanding that it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to be not correct, but to go to people, use the expertise of others in order to get that correct information and share it in such a way that can be beneficial to society.
1: Yes, you did a great job of explaining that because it's not about being right or wrong. And if you're wrong, you just have to admit it. This whole thing did not have and to happen. That's what it started with. Yeah, it didn't have to happen. If you accidentally tweeted that an extra state was going to get hit really hard, you just either you could have ignored it or said, oops, Yeah. Perhaps mistyped. You don't have to do that. Just say, oops, like just tweet it. I mean, that's what you do. You tweet. So why don't you just tweet a correction? But no. You're going to take this so far. And you know what's crazy? He's still tweeting stuff to this day. Why? Why are you so obsessed, obsessed with this issue, this idea? Like, it's ridiculous to me. And we just keep going on and on and on. But what about the people who are impacted, you know? That's, that's my biggest thing. So um, that's most of my thoughts. Castle, I don't know if you have any other additional thoughts. But yeah, I just wanted
0: to say that uh, we didn't get to talk about it, but briefly in the NOAA statement, they use the word inconsistency. Um, And as anyone that knows my area of research and my interest, (laughs) I talk about it a lot, but I do a lot with consistency. And so I think that this was a really interesting real world example of what do we mean by inconsistency? And was this actually inconsistent? And I think something that I learned from this whole event is the direction of inconsistency. So like what, uh, direction is the inconsistency going from. So in my mind, when two things are inconsistent, they're just inconsistent. But in the way that Noah, the NOAA statement frames the word inconsistency, it puts the blame on NWS Birmingham. Um, and so I think it's really interesting to think about this directional aspect of inconsistency when uh, it really depends on who comes first, I guess, or who who comes second could be the the way that inconsistency is derived. Um, so because NWS Birmingham came tweeted like 15 minutes after Trump put out his tweet, they then become the one that's inconsistent because they are like conflicting with Trump. Um, so I think that was really interesting. But Lastly, I think this was a beautiful example of conflicting information and some of the dangers uh, that come with it. And so it's it's exciting for me personally because it shows kind of the value of the research that I'm starting to do. Um, and it sucks that it had to happen this way, um, but I think it will be something that we will be able to point to for the years to come um, and something that I will definitely be using as an example when trying to demonstrate the power of inconsistency.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that has captured everyone's attention for good and for worse. But I think this does present a good opportunity for the weather world and for meteorologists and partners and everyone else to really evaluate this situation on so many different dimensions, whether it's how we communicate information, what products we use, um, how to tackle an issue like this that could happen in the future, because it very well could. Um, but also to ask questions about leadership, to ask questions about what's really going on and, and demand that we are respected as meteorologists and, and make sure that meteorologists and the ones that are, are doing all this hard work day in and day out, working 24-7 in some cases to, to keep people safe, make sure that they are the priority, that they're not undermined, and that they know that they're appreciated because Events like this are very hard to take as someone who is a meteorologist or as someone who is directly working to help people. This is not a great feeling for them to feel as if they don't have the support from their leadership to have all these, you know, things that are going on that are distracting from the mission of what we're trying to do. Um, So there's so many different ways to look at this, and it's going to be very interesting for us to move past this issue. Hopefully we can. Hopefully the president will stop tweeting about this. Um, That's that will remain to be seen. But hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, people's safety is is the biggest thing that we have to make sure that we are uh, taking care of and and making sure that we're doing what we can. So that's that's the last thing I have to say. (laughs) And I'll just say if you're at the National Weather
0: Association meeting this week um, and you see an NWS or a NOAA employee, go talk to them, ask them how they're doing, ask, ask them how you can support them. Just talk to them and have a conversation with them and just let them know that you're there for them. Um, I think it's really important that we kind of band together uh, at this juncture and really just support one another. I think it's very important. Cool. I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, so until next time. Until next time, stay Stay hyped. hyped.